Hey, I'm Simone Sol, and I'm your Korean mom. I'm also the descendant of teachers, healers, and scholars, and I teach you how to remember your humanity through marketing and business. Hey, everyone. So, a couple episodes too late, <laughs> I wanted to share with you the story of how the name of my podcast changed and the branding and the design and everything. Lots of people have been asking me about it. And I kind of, in my typical Simone fashion, <laughs> I was like, let's just do it first and then explain. <laughs> so you are listening indeed to the I'm Your Korean Mom podcast, which used to be the Joyful Marketing podcast. And I really just want to take this episode to just sit with you friend to friend and tell you what this whole change was about. So the first thing I want to tell you is that this wasn't a sudden decision. This is, wasn't an impulsive decision. It's been a long time coming. I have been feeling, sensing for a long time that joyful marketing for my podcast, like that framing of it, the language, the title was starting to feel a little bit a mm, little bit misaligned, a little bit constrictive. It is a name and a frame that I have loved dearly and that has served me so, so beautifully for years. And it started to feel a little bit like, mm, I'm in a different place now. But this being such a work of love and, you know, I know that there's so many of you listening, I did not want to make the change hastily. I didn't want to have it be anything other than like very deeply thought out and very deeply rooted in something that I felt was real and true and sustainable. So for months, months and months, like I've been reflecting, I have been, you know, going inward. I have been talking it over with my mentors about what is really emerging and like what it should be called and how it should be framed and housed, right? And it all had to intimately do with who I am becoming and what kind of space my work, my contribution is taking up in the world. And so it was no small matter, right, is what I'm saying. <laughs> the core of it, I think, was that the explicit focus on marketing, you know, the title, Joyful Marketing, was starting to feel a little bit constrictive, Marketing has been, and I think always will be a really great passion of mine. And it's, you know, in no way am I going to stop talking about marketing. Like I don't imagine I ever will. I like love marketing so much <laughs> and I love marketing joyfully. Like my program, my lifetime membership program is still and always probably will be called joyful marketing. So I'm not changing that, but just for the podcast, right? This is a medium that I use to talk to you, right? I think of you, my listener, as being like you're a kindred spirit. If you're listening to this, you are a kindred spirit and you are my ally and my partner in doing the work that is important to both of us. Like that's truly how I think of this podcast and my relationship to my listeners and my relationship to you. And in that lens, the marketing thing started to feel a little bit like it was too small of a frame. And so I was asking myself, okay, so if it's not exclusively marketing anymore, then what is it all about? And so I kind of let that, because it's a big question, right? I let that question kind of simmer in the background, in the back burner. 
And I've also been exploring different things in a sort of a parallel way. I've been exploring my relationship to my heritage, my cultural, physical DNA, and as well as spiritual heritage. I've been thinking about community. I've been thinking about intersectional justice. I've also been thinking about motherhood <laughs> as, you know, I became a mother almost two years ago. And I've also been sort of grappling with my newfound identity as a mother to an actual child. And so all of this coming together. And at the same time, there's been this strain of this joke that is this in joke that I've had with <laughs> my people on social media in my containers where, you know, if you know me, I can be a little bit bossy. I can be a little bit sassy. And there's been this ongoing joke, like, listen to your Korean mom. I'm your Korean mom. Like, I've been saying this even before I became an actual mother. <laughs> I've been using the whole, like, this is how Korean moms are. Like, and listen to me. I'm coming at you Korean mom style. And I'm going to, like, you know, serve you the truth without <laughs> sugarcoating it. That's kind of how Asian moms are. So in the end, it all kind of cohered in a way where I was like, what if I just kind of whimsically, but also meaningfully call it, you know, something that something having to do with me being a Korean mom, like I'm your Korean mom, like, what if the joke became like the real thing? <laughs> and I talked about it with a mentor. And we really started thinking about how, if we really go with that title, I'm your Korean mom, it leaves things really a little bit like open ended, right? Because what does that mean? If I say I'm a Korean mom? <laughs> It created the room for me, right? Or at least that was my intention, that it would create the room for me to talk about everything that matters to me as a Korean woman who is a descendant of many, many, many generations of Korean women before me, moms, grandmothers, great-great-grandmothers, etc., many of whom were shamans and teachers and practical magicians and incredibly strong, resilient, wise women who upheld so many amazing things about the culture that I come from. And me calling myself, like, of course, it started as a joke, but really calling myself, hey, I'm your Korean mom. It had this effect of making me feel really rooted to that lineage, to that heritage, and especially to that magical shamanic heritage, which I'm not even sure, like, even if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, it may be your first time hearing about it. Or even if you have heard about it, you might not really have heard me talk about it. Both of my grandmothers were magicians and shamans. And not like in, you know, in the way that people talk about it nowadays, like, oh, you know, I learned this thing online and I call myself a shamanic, you know, whatever. But like, that word is very often culturally appropriated and misused in my opinion. And the whole tradition of shamanism literally comes from this part of the world. And when I say this, I mean Korea. And actually the tradition in Korea descended from a place that's slightly north of where I am right now, which is the sort of Siberian lands and the Turkic people living in Siberia. That's literally where actual shamanism was born. And from there, you know, my people also descended from that and the spiritual tradition of shamanism came from that. And there's just a lot of that magic and mysticism and power 
that lives in my heritage. My paternal grandmother was a practicing shaman, and my great-grandmother on my mother's side was not an initiated shaman, but she was a very powerful magician who was known in her village for her magical powers. <laughs> and it lives in you know non-female parts of my family lineages as well. My father is a practical magician, inherited a lot of shamanic powers from his mother, and that's who I'm a product of. I'm a product of my ancestors who are powerful magicians and who gave me a really, really incredible heritage. It means so much to me now more than ever before. I've opened my eyes to it over the past few years more than I have ever before. And especially being an actual mom to my son, it's something that I feel very strongly about being able to pass on in a way that is responsible and coherent. So when I call my podcast, I'm Your Korean Mom, that is an encapsulation of really all of that. And that is a declaration and an expression in the world that, hey, this is where I'm coming from. And it matters to me. I want you to know that this is who I am. This is where I come from. And when I say I'm your Korean mom, <laughs> of course, again, part of that is just meant to be funny, humorous, tongue-in-cheek. And also the part of it that's not a joke is that I relate to the world, including to you, my friend, from my orientation as a Korean mom. And if you feel like, I think I need a mom like that. <laughs> I think I need a figure in my life who is like that. This podcast is an invitation for you to have a relationship with me in that way. I'll be your Korean mom <laughs> and share with you what I have to share and love on you in the way that I can love on you and serve you in the way that I can serve you as a Korean mom. So that's kind of what it was. And I hope you are enjoying, as I am, the new cover image that I have for the podcast, which is a jar of kimchi. <laughs> this was a brilliant choice. I can't take credit for it. It was a brilliant choice by my genius designer, Sam Garcia, who created this image for me. And I was like, instantly, I was like, I knew this was it. Why a jar of kimchi? So probably most of you know what kimchi is, but if you don't, it is a very traditional, iconic, you know, fermented food in Korea that is, you know, traditional to us. And it's spicy, it's funky, it's fermented, and, you know, it's cabbage that has been fermented. And sometimes it's spiced, sometimes it's not. It's not always red and spicy. Sometimes there's no spice in it except salt. Salt is not a spice, is it? Anyways, you know what I mean? And one, it's very, it's such a symbol of Korean women and Korean moms, because Korean women have been making it forever. And I also loved all the other you know, layers of symbolism that it carries. Like, like I said, kimchi is not like a chocolate chip cookie, right? It, at first, I mean, it's still, it, it has been a way that my ancestors preserved food way beyond like its natural life, right? Like if you have a head of cabbage, it wilts really fast. It goes bad. It rots. But if you ferment it in a salt brine, in just the right way. By the way, I've made kimchi before and this shit is like, it's hard. You have to have such precise know-how to know how to brine the cabbage in a way where it's not over salty, but it's just the right amount of saltiness. And by the way, it can't, traditionally, it's not just any salt. It has to be a specific kind of Korean sea salt. 
And it has to be just the right amount of brine. You have to brine it just the right way so that it maintains its taste instead of turning into like uneatable, salty mess. It retains its structural integrity of the cabbage, retains its taste, retains the nutrients, and it is preserved so that you can eat it for years. Korea is a country where we have very, very cold and long winters and no vegetables grow in winter, obviously. And this is how my ancestors got through winters by, you know, fermenting food. And, you know, Korea is not the only place that does this. You know, there's sauerkraut in Germany and there's fermented food all over the world. There's fermented fish, you know, people all over the world do this. But I love the wisdom that is contained in a jar of fermented food, in a jar of kimchi, the wisdom of my ancestors, turning something that is so easily perishable into something that is healthful and just delicious and can be consumed for a long time. And not only that, it's yummy, like in a very specific way that is an acquired taste. It's spicy, it's funky, it's smelly. A lot of the times it contains fermented fish sauce and stuff like that. And uh, I think that's kind of how some of the best food is. It's not immediately like, you know, a sugar bomb. It's not, you know, a lot of it is an acquired taste and it lasts. It has staying power. It's really good for you. And so anyways, I feel like, am I reaching? But no, really, like I love the symbolism of kimchi, you know? I'm not like a spoonful of sugar. I, I can be a little salty. I can be a little funky. And yet, at least I would like to think what I'm here to talk about is supposed to be sustaining and and nourishing and good for you. So that part of it is really meaningful to me too. And in terms of what I want to talk about going forward, the honest answer is I don't actually know the exact specifics, but I plan to talk about not just marketing, but just wider, you know, look at business through a wider lens you know, I already mentioned community, spirituality, intersectional justice, what it means to claim your magic and your heritage. And I don't just mean like blood heritage. I mean, our earthly heritage, like in every way. And, you know, in the past couple of weeks, I have yelled at you about writing your book. We have talked about non-toxic masculinity. And I'm just going to feel it into it a little bit at a time, a day at a time, and feel into the most congruent and the truest version of the work that I can offer the world. So that's what I wanted to let you guys in on. And hopefully, if you are also contemplating a pivot, a transition, a rebrand, whatever in your business, I am hoping that me sharing my process helped you to you know, clarify your own thoughts or be inspired with your own thoughts about how you want to move forward in the world. Because like I always say, everything in business is an experiment. Nothing is written in stone. Listen, the time that we're alive on this earth is a vanishingly short time. It's a microscopic blip. It's a speck of dust in the entire grand scheme of the universe. And all that we're doing for business, like none of it needs to be taken all that seriously. It doesn't mean that we don't approach it earnestly with heart, but also everything is a fucking experiment. And this is my experiment. Everything that I offer you is an experiment. And I hope that you will take this as permission to experiment in ways that 
feel enriching and expansive for your spirit in your own business. Okay, so I hope that answers some of your questions. And even if you didn't have questions, I hope that was interesting. <laughs> and I will be back next week, another episode of I'm Your Korean Mom. <laughs> Bye. Hey, if you're looking for a one-stop shop where you can find the best of my teaching, all organized into a beautiful and actionable sequence, guess what? I got you. I took the best of my podcast episodes and created a whole damn workbook around them. It's called the Simone Starter Pack, and it's the ultimate marketing cheat sheet. I got countless emails from folks who downloaded it saying, this free resource is worth more than all these courses I paid thousands of dollars for. So what are you waiting for? Go grab the Simone Starter Pack. The link is in the show notes. I can't wait to see what amazing results you'll get from it.